0: Welcome to CMIO Podcast, a show devoted to educating and informing those who are making healthcare easier for others. Whether you're involved with informatics, analytics, or new technologies that make the lives of our practicing clinicians better, this show is for you. My name is Dr. Mark Weissman. I'm a practicing physician and CMIO, and the host of CMIO Podcast. And today I have with me Terry Desai, who comes from us from a company called Kensai, which does artificial intelligence work particularly in the pop health area and i'm really looking to to pick encore's brain here and understand what our future should be looking like what's up and coming that's going to be really cool that cmios want to know about so uh, anchor if you're out there welcome and uh, thanks for joining
1: thanks for inviting me dr weisman looking forward to an interesting conversation
0: yeah so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself how you got into you're one of the co-founders of Kensai, I believe. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So tell us a little bit how you got there. What led you to start a company?
1: So uh, early in 2007, uh, as a tenured professor at the University of Washington, I started looking at three areas of societal impact. I I'm a little tired of designing machine learning models Just for advertising or social networks or other things, and wanted to do something that has a social impact that is socially meaningful. So, started looking at education, environment, and healthcare as three areas that are going to be very rich in data but are extremely poor or were extremely poor in terms of tooling that's available for an impact of AI and machine learning. Healthcare truly fascinated me because of some early work that I did with the Fred Hutch Cancer Research Center here as part of my University of Washington professorship. And that led to increasing interest from local providers trying to understand how they could design transitional interventions better for value-based care because the Affordable Care Act had just started rolling out some of the policy level measures for things like reducing readmissions into the hospital systems. And one thing led to another. Here I am, almost 12 years later, still working on some of the most fascinating problems in the world in healthcare AI. Around 2015, the idea of really putting these algorithms, as we call them, into production at mass scale across large health institutions started forming and taking shape. Uh, perfect opportunity for colleagues at the University of Washington co-motion to give a shout out saying, hey, you got to commercialize this and make it a big success. And we spun out the entire lab out of the University of Washington, Tacoma and founded Kensai with my long-term friend and CEO now, uh, Samir Manjure.
0: So you had interest in education, the environment, and healthcare. So you like areas where there's no money. That's <laughs> so you could have gone to Wall Street and, and made algorithms for them and made a fortune.
1: <laughs> that, that so that's a great comment. I uh, I don't know how to answer it, but I certainly like domains where problems are very rich that can have a very meaningful impact. I think there is a huge commercial opportunity as well behind these problems. And it's a joy working on data sets and problems that have both significant uh, significant societal impact as well as commercial value because uh, healthcare is expensive in the United States, as we all know. And if we can even bend that cost curve just a little bit, there is a huge, huge commercial implication for making this successful
0: so tell me how artificial intelligence is going to make it better because there's a lot of my colleagues out there that aren't quite convinced and that's because the tools they're playing with mostly that come from their vendor they're just not wowed by what the tools are producing so help me understand well first i guess tell us what what do you guys have and what's exciting you about the future and why should we be excited about that future
1: artificial intelligence today consists of a subfield called machine learning now ai is uh, ai or artificial intelligence is over 60 years old as a field machine learning in itself is about 40 years old within that and the statistical models that machine learning uses are even older than artificial intelligence Together, the idea that a program can take input data and the expected outputs as inputs or desired uh, outputs as inputs, and then learn how to predict the outputs for data that we have not yet seen before is a fascinating field that can transform healthcare. This type of learning where you give input data and uh, input the outcomes, if desired outcomes, is mostly called supervised learning. And 99% of AI or machine learning use cases in the world today are supervised learning methods that help shape the predictions in our uh, in our field. Now, having said that, Uh, Healthcare in particular, and industry in particular that relies on artificial intelligence is uh, maturing across three main areas. The first one is uh, building a model or building a machine learning or AI model has become relatively easier because of the availability of the data. and the interest that it has generated the second framing is ability to compute uh, these models with large amounts of data based on the cloud infrastructure that was not available just two decades ago and the third one is significant changes in policy and the way we incentivize these systems across the world in ensuring that If we can make more data-driven decisions, then there is a significant value in looking ahead in our windshields rather than constantly looking at our rear view uh, mirror and driving forward. So uh, Together, these three things are significantly accelerating the interest in the community across healthcare and other communities for using artificial intelligence. Now, what is most important to understand, and I understand the skepticism that you just mentioned, what is most important to understand is building a model or creating an AI algorithm is almost table stakes today. But what Kensai is doing very unique and very different in this space is, it is for the first time for the world of healthcare, helping operationalize these machine learning models and predictions at scale to help various use cases that are uh, very important in solving problems like uh, operational flow for patients, for planning transitional interventions in order to ensure that the most at-risk patients are serviced appropriately. And then on the cost side, really trying to understand uh, how we can understand utilization and cost better at a population health level so that we can early predict those those medium cost utilizers that are going to become high cost a few years down the road.
0: I think what you said really is important about the companies that are doing this well, in my opinion, are the ones that are helping the organizations operationalize the intervention. The algorithm is giving guidance, but it doesn't really change the trajectory of a patient. That's the operational mm-hmm. side of this. And I think what the EMR vendors are doing is they're giving us the tools. We have algorithms where I work in an Epic shop. And so we get predictive algorithms from Epic But I don't think we're getting excited about the outcomes because we're just looking at some numbers and then hoping that that's the magic wand. We just sprinkle some of those numbers around, those algorithms, just add them to what we do, and instantly we're going to have better outcomes. And obviously that's not happening. So the expertise on what's working and what's not working in the operational space, I think, is so important is there someone out there that that you're allowed to speak about that you've helped and can give an example of how this stuff works
1: we are a global company we work across various health systems in the u.s in singapore and asia pacific we also work with the nhs in uk and we are about to start our first project in australia Uh, New Zealand region as well, Uh, specifically within the US, there are several 2 billion plus dollar revenue healthcare organizations that are extremely ripe for digital transformations through AI. In particular, we are working very closely with the health system and I'll give you an example or uh, in Indiana that is trying to fundamentally transform its uh, operational logistics using predictive technology in order to just manage their patient flow better in in a way that helps with the patient outcomes and quality metrics, but also in a way that reduces the overall fatigue that caregivers feel within that system interesting
0: and how long has that been running on for now
1: we have been testing these models for rollout for almost a year now
0: okay so are these models hard to put in place what's the lift in terms of i.t how many weeks months years does it take to get the data going and then to do that part that you talk about the operationalizing part what does that take what does a project look like
1: let yeah let's take a deeper look at what operationalizing machine learning means so as we all may know most people think of ai as a predictive model there's a very famous paper an academic paper by folks at google that came out a few years ago that talked about the the technical debt of uh, machine learning what it showcased for the broader AI community, is that machine learning algorithms or models are a very, very small part of the overall system that that the pipeline that needs to be put into place in order to really make a machine learning model work end to end, repeatably, scalably, again and again and again, producing outputs that are that are constrained by constrained by the guardrails that we expect such systems to work upon that requires significant due diligence that needs to go into understanding the incoming data sources especially in healthcare, as we know, data sets can be uh, very clean. They can be very subjective. Each uh, Epic or Cerner implementation uh, can be a little different from the previous one, and in order to transform and shape that data in a consistent manner, a significant amount of effort needs to go into that pipeline and constantly any new data assets coming in have to be integrated properly. For example, we all know the importance of social determinants of health for uh, operational use cases and for ensuring that the flow of patients is done well or discharges are planned properly. This, this, this pipeline ensures that such integration is done in a manner that the output that the machine learning models are generating are consistent and uh, repeatable across populations and then on the output side there is significant rigor that needs to be placed on the machine learning models and the risk scores that we generate for different patients uh, for members in case of uh, cost and utilization for pairs but what is most amazing is is that these models have to be accompanied by a component of what i like to call as assistive intelligence. So, it's not just artificial intelligence, but it's also assistive in nature where the human in the loop who is making a decision on how to interpret, how to take input from an AI algorithm, really needs to feel comfortable and be trusting of that output. In order to do so, in order to really make that artificial intelligence assistive, Kensai has significantly invested in tooling that allows us to produce accompanying explanations, accompanying guardrails in order to ensure that when the predictions are made, they are made in a manner that are assistive to the human and not robotic in nature, uh, that are completely automated without any governance around those models. So when you look at the entirety of the pipeline and what the Kensai platform is working towards, you start seeing the fascinating picture of not just one AI model working in isolation, but really a combination of uh, cutting-edge technologies bringing this data integration, data transformation, uh, feature generation, and then the machine learning models and output generation that is assistive in nature.
0: The sales cycle for health IT can be really long. I've been involved. It's gone on over a year, year and a half sometimes when you're looking to bring in a new technology. Typically, CMIOs want to move these solutions forward sooner rather than later so that we can help our providers deliver the better care. And the operations teams tend to have a a window that they're looking to get things done in three to six months so what words of wisdom can you enlighten us with here to help us get key stakeholders on board to make that sales cycle perhaps a little shorter
1: that's a very interesting question because it attacks the problem of explaining the value of product to a wider audience. Typically, healthcare sales cycles for technology vendors and partners include straddling across multiple C-level personas in the health system from the CEO who may be interested in ensuring that the health system is providing the best value for its uh, patient members and consumers all the way to uh, the chief financial officer that is trying to ensure that the system is running smoothly uh, on a thin revenue margin, but is increasing in revenues to the CIO that is ensuring that the governance protocols and data safety are all taken care of. And in between all of this are the CMO and the CMIO that are really trying to find out those key impactful use cases that can be very successfully operationalized and put into production across the system such that the benefit and the value of AI comes back to the the use case that is going to give most value to the health system. So when you straddle across all these senior leadership and key stakeholders to prioritize technology and its promises, what I see on an everyday basis is significant excitement with that first AI use case that's going to go in. Now that's much easier to unlock in a particular time frame, but where I think most organizations struggle today is understanding that AI needs feedback. It needs integrated stakeholder sponsors in the room constantly shaping and tuning some of the aspects of the results that are coming back and then adopting that for the longer term. So that includes starting with one or more use cases in parallel, investing heavily in the data assets that are needed to produce actionable insights. And then in the end, celebrating and starting to reap the early rewards in a manner that is not too onerous on the entire health system, particularly the the medical staff, nurses and physicians, in a way that is integrated and simple with their workflows. So if that clarity around endpoint integration and working backwards on how that use case will be operationalized and the clear value and the change management process that needs to take place in order to operationalize that machine learning algorithm or output is clearly understood in the beginning, we can save tons and tons of time in operationalizing these use cases faster.
0: There was a recent survey that came out from CLASS where they're talking about health systems interactions with AI vendors and they they didn't cover a lot of them, but you guys were in there and scored very well. There were some who were in there that I don't think scored as well and they were talking about some of the challenges being around implementation. What can a CMIO know or anticipate to make the implementations of these tools smoother?
1: Great question again. uh, I'm very enthusiastic and excited by this first ever CLASS report that came out on healthcare AI. CLASS hadn't attempted a category like this before and I feel fortunate that they included Kensai, in their uh, independent analysis. I'm also quite proud of the Kensai team for developing technology that put us in the forefront of that report. Having said that, there are some nuggets of learning within that for not only Kensai, but the entire uh, healthcare AI ecosystem and vendors, uh, all of us. The CMIOs need to, in my opinion, focus heavily on The data assets and their mapping to the operationalization of those use cases. Creating a research machine learning model by an in house lab or a data scientist is super, super easy today. But taking that same machine learning model and putting it into production across the health system, just like MR implementations and rollout take time. Adopting and integrating AI within the ecosystem also takes time, but it can be significantly advanced if uh, people understand the utility and the framework with which these AI systems are going to come in. To give you an example, let's say we are trying to predict the length of stay for a particular unit or a particular care line within the health system. The number of variables and the number of data sources that can impact the length of stay prediction can be significantly large. But starting small with uh, simple ADT records and uh, with basic labs and diagnosis codes, if they are available, and then immediately including those into the predictions has huge value and leverage. Now, when you start adding things like medications into that mix, the lift that some of these models get may or may not be great, but. If we boil the ocean upfront in setting up the data with all the data sources and not begin the journey and not take the first step, then it becomes very cumbersome to just do the data transformation ahead of time. And that that then delays the projects and leads into a lot of problems downstream. So my advice to CMIOs who are looking for uh, operationalizing machine learning uh, in a digital transformation for their organization would be, a threefold. Number one, start small but with very crisp use cases that you know already have value within your system. Number two, don't boil the ocean on data. Uh, focus energy on uh, great partners with which you can learn and grow together. And the third one, make sure that the endpoints of success that we are going to put in place together are going to be celebrated all across the organizations as early wins that then lead to a multi-year journey in transforming the entire organization, one use case at a time, dependent on the same data footprint.
0: I think that's where some CMIOs get a little bit caught up because Mm -hmm. we start getting into the world now of return on investment. Personally, as a doctor, I would love to see the predictive tool that helps me understand which of my patients are going to have an MI in the next year, or mm-hmm. have a stroke. And I know those tools are out there, the ones that are gonna develop uh, kidney disease. But and until we get into really heavy value-based care models, it gets hard to justify the return on investment. It's the right thing to do for the patient, but it doesn't really make the healthcare system money. To be honest, with some systems, the more calves they do, the better. So their, <laughs> their motivation isn't quite there, but they're very interested in length of stay and they're very interested in readmissions, clusters penalties and mm-hmm. supply chain. Uh, it's hard for me to get the doctors all riled up about supply chain predictive algorithms. So that's where I think there's a little disconnect. And I, I would love to see the day where we really are just, going for the clinical outcomes that are so meaningful for the doctors. Do you agree with that?
1: I do. I do. And what I have found in, I completely agree with that. What I have found is uh, while physicians and nurse practitioners and many others within the system get excited by the outputs of the predictive model, it is not easy to uh, nail down the utility or the ROI of some of these. But what I have also found in my 12 plus years journey in this field is it's becoming easier and easier to quantify that ROI very quickly. So one way that Kensai has found success in justifying that ROI and working with partners is to very quickly ascertain the return on investment by ensuring that our first success on the AI digital transformation is actually funding the next one. So we sit comfortably between the internal build your own AI machine learning platform versus buy from someone that may be a very high cost value proposition to buy all at once to this middle ground where we start building by buying accelerators and Kensai is that accelerator that allows you to then start measuring your ROI on some of these use cases. To give an example, we are working with various health systems today on things like Rx variation. So we are trying to understand just where is utilization of certain uh, Rx protocols unusual or anomalous. And within that, uh, what changes can the uh, health plan or the uh, health system implement with the pharmacy team locally uh, in order to then get improvements at scale? Now, when those savings uh, start appearing because of the analysis of variation across various provider groups or across various facilities, those savings can then be quickly pumped into, let's say, a patient flow use case that may be slightly longer term and very exciting for the transitional care intervention team, say for heart failure. And then the return on investment on that may be slightly longer term, maybe six months to achieve, maybe 18 months to achieve. It can go anywhere on a spectrum. But what Kensa has found is having a variety of solutions and use cases with different return on investment timeframes from small timeframes, like two to three months, all the way to longer clinical timeframes of six to 18 months and having that choice for an organization on where they want to start really puts us as a good vendor of choice, allowing the, the organization to build that confidence in their AI journey. That's at least our framing in this context
0: it, the finance and the the business of medicine is not something that CMIOs all get deep exposure to, but we do understand when we're trying to talk to the CFO and trying to get these projects approved that it's cash up front and you're not going to see a benefit till some point down the line. And it's trying to build faith that this tool will actually produce the ROI down the line it's and sometimes the CFOs they don't always they haven't seen it it's hard to touch it you can't feel it it's just something that you hope that happens even if it was successful in another organization because these are so operationally dependent it doesn't mean it's going to be successful in your own organization. So there's some risk with taking that's, on these models. That's correct. It
1: takes it takes two to tango in this yeah. case. It takes two to tango in this case. The AI tooling and the platform that Kensai provides, for example, produces the outputs and the risk scores that are best in class, uh, cutting edge, accompanied by responsible AI explanations. And then there is a transformation process that the organization has to go through in order to validate and then put them into the workflow. Now, for certain customers that we have, we have gone through that entire journey ourselves together in managing to change those behaviors and adapt to the organizational context. But that's, as you rightly said, always the hardest part. And it's becoming easier with advances in technology and our understanding of healthcare together.
0: I wanna ask you about the future a little bit. So take out your crystal ball. Maybe it's not so future, you tell me. Genomics has been a buzzword, but are we there yet where you can predict my risk for Alzheimer's, cancer, MI, based on DNA? Do we have enough DNA data out there to start doing this? Are health systems moving this way? Is that the future? Help me understand how genomics and AI play together.
1: Uh, Another great question, though I am not the best expert in machine learning for bioinformatics or genomics. What I have heard and my own discussions with some of the leading experts on genomics is the real magic lies in integrating genomic data with clinical data and social determinants of health. Once you have these three data sources working in tandem towards completing the patient profile in some way, a lot of good can come from the the information that a gene marker provides in order to then facilitate the care. Also, the utility of genomic data sets, especially from an AI perspective, is very targeted and functional towards certain types of diseases. Some of them you mentioned already, and some of them are things like uh, cancer, where uh, understanding how the therapy will respond to a particular gene marker that may or may not be present in a human body actually helps design some of the uh, interventions and solutions. Though uh, commercially, these techniques are not yet available at mass scale but there is significant interest in helping grow that commercial validity of such tools our genes are not just even though we get our genes from our biological parents context and our societal factors do trigger the phenotype of expressions of these genes significantly and that's where the value of things like our zip code, uh, our dietary habits, and our clinical records come into play, adding, adding to the mix. So I'm bullish and positive about the impact that genomics can have in transforming healthcare for, all, for us all. I do feel that we are a little ways away from that uh, promised land today.
0: It's great to get that insight from you because obviously it's not something I do on a daily basis. So at least (laughs) understanding what the potential is, the future out there. That's very interesting uh, stuff. So I don't want to keep you, uh, I've already kept you past what I said I would, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. If people wanted to understand more about how to work with Kensai, how would they reach out, connect to you or the company to do more?
1: We are on the web at uh, kensai.com my personal email address is a n k u r ankur at kensai Uh, i'm always open and available for conversations and meetings i I frequently am invited to speak at some of the world leading forums for healthcare machine learning happy to participate i'm also on twitter at ankur t a n k u r t and uh, folks can reach out
0: Thank you again for coming on. I think this has been a great conversation.
1: Great. Thanks again for the opportunity.
0: And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to CMIO Podcast. I've been your host, Dr. Mark Weissman. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at cmiopodcast at gmail.com or go to the website at cmiopodcast.com. Send me your ideas for shows, guests you'd like to hear from, general feedback, or just to connect. And I look forward to bringing you our next episode.